Words from the Hills, reconfigure your life, change your heart, and prepare you for all that God has destined you to be. Welcome to the Hills Church. So you're welcome to church this morning. God bless you. It's really great to fellowship with you. Thank you for coming today. It's great to see all of you. All of you are looking so beautiful, so bright, so upbeat, so beautiful. And today we're just going to have a little conversation on nothing too difficult. Nothing, literally nothing is too difficult for God. Absolutely nothing is difficult for Him. Even when we say something is not difficult, literally what we actually mean is actually like with us it may be impossible, but with God nothing is impossible. Amen. So, you have to ask yourself, are there not impossible situations? Yes, there are. To men, these situations are like impossible. Like people have cancer, HIV, AIDS, and sickness. People have business and job loss. People have childlessness and delay marriage. People have mental pressure and depression. Some of these things are totally intractable. Like you can't just wave your hand and a solution will come. Do you understand? As a result, it seems like this are what? Impossible. Impossible to deal with. Why do we pray if these things are impossible? We have this scripture. What is impossible with man is possible with God. When we come to the end of ourselves, God begins to work. Amen. So let's read this together. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them, God will to make known what the, the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is in you the hope of glory. Why we do the impossible and why we hope for the impossible is because there is a mystery. There is a mystery. This mystery is like there is something else that we don't know. This mystery is, there is that mystery in God. This is actually what makes a difference between those who believe and those who don't believe. Those who stand with God and those who stand by themselves. It's a mystery. And it is this mystery that many people fake. So you're not really a believer, but you want to appear like a believer. So you fake like you have the mystery and eventually it shows in your action because you can only suppress flesh for so long you can only hide flesh for so long after a while except this mystery has been done in you flesh will manifest you ask why are there many people who are in the church but they are not changed because they have learned how to act the act 
and not allow the mystery to work in them. So there's something called the mystery of God. That is actually what we get. And once you get that, you become someone else in God. So that you don't stand from the point of judging God. You stand from the point of immersing in God. You don't stand from the point of questioning God. You are not God's cross-examiner in the court of justice. You start from submitting to God. Because once you understand how God works, you begin to uncover what this mystery is in God. And those who find this mystery are the ones who begin to believe God for the impossible. You want to believe God for the impossible, you have to have the mystery of godliness. And this mystery is here in the very last line, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I didn't hear Christ in you, the hope of glory. One more time. She spoke about hope. When Christ lives in you, you have a hope of glory. When Christ immerses in you, you have a hope that glory is going to come. When Christ lives and dwells and saturates you, regardless of what you go through, you live in this earnest hope that glory is coming. Say glory is coming. Say hope is coming. You're not going to die under your problems. You're not going to die under those challenges. You're not going to die under those things the devil says that your life now. You're not going to live forever under depression. You're not going to live forever under not knowing what joy is, what hope is, what happiness is. You're going to blast through that place in the name of Jesus Christ. Because when Christ lives in you, you have the mystery of godliness. This mystery is the work of God on your inside, which is Christ birthed in you, birthing out the hope of glory. Say amen. amen. The first person we see this with is our mother, Sarah. Sarah was the mother of all living from the covenant of Abraham. Sarah became, through that, our mother. And Genesis chapter 18, let's turn our Bibles to Genesis chapter 18, verse 10 to 14. Genesis 18. We're going to do some Bible study. So quickly, get your Bible and let's just run through the scriptures. And he said, verse 10, I said, then return to you according to the time of life. Behold, Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Sarah was listening to the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old well advanced in age and Sarah has passed the age of childbearing Sarah had reached menopause therefore Sarah laughed within herself saying after I have grown old shall I have pleasure my Lord being old also and the Lord said to Abraham why did Sarah laugh saying shall I surely bear a child when I'm old is anything too hard for the Lord at the appointed time, I will come back to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Sarah was so old when the angel said, Sarah, you're going to have a child. Sarah laughed. Like, even if me, I'm going to have a child. Look at Abraham, how dry he is. 
What are we going to give him to for him to manage an erection? Look at she looked at the deadness of her body and she laughed. But the angel answered her, Is anything too hard for the Lord? I don't know whether someone is hearing that scripture today. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will come back again next year. Sarah was also called the princess of God. The darling of God. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Anything. Hallelujah. Any believers here this morning, give the Lord a wave offering. The next example we're going to take is David at Adjalam. In Psalm 13, we begin to see the account of David falling depressed. And let's read this together. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemies be exalted over me? He kept griping. Inside that one verse, how many how longs are there? How long? How long? How long? How long shall trouble be my name? How long will people not regard me? How long will I be looking for a job? How long will I stay in this pain? How long will I stay in the circumstances which bind me? Lord, it's been many, many days. And at this time, I think it was maybe like five years in the how long process. I think it was altogether about 12 years between David was anointed and when David became king. At this time, he was in the cave of Adjilam. Nigerians call it Adolam. Internationally, it's called Adolam. Mm, yeah. So, just you could just pay me for that. For that, <laughs> that's supposed to be a joke. All of you guys always miss my joke. You, you, ref, you refuse to laugh at my jokes. Why? Like, don't beef. <laughs> spoil my career. <laughs> Adolam. Say Adolam. Oh, you guys are good. <laughs> David was so broken in this, in this cave. He was weeping. He was crying. How long? He was depressed. This was a time after the king, the king of Gath, I think it was the king of Gath, had found out that he was a king material. And they brought him. He came to hide with the king of Gath when Saul was chasing him. And the king found out, oh my God, this is the man who led Israel to war against us. So he had to do something quickly so that they won't kill him. You know, I started faking like he was a madman. The story is in 1 Samuel 25, I think. He started faking like he was a madman. The, the king just drove him and said, don't I have enough comedians in my country? Why are they importing a scoundrel from another country to come and do comedy? To get this guy out of here. That's how he made it alive. And then he went to the cave in this dark place of solitude. In this dark place of solitude was where he wrote this psalm. Praise God. Exodus chapter 15 verse 26. The children of Israel were going on a journey from Egypt to the promised land. And they got to this place called Mara. 
but the name of the place wasn't Mara. Nobody knows the name of the place. It was actually just water they met. But when they drank the water, the water was so bitter that they called the name of the place Bitter. You know how you go through stuff and you now name name yourself by the stuff you're going through at that time. He said, if you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, obeying his command and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. After healing the water, God says, just as I healed the water and turned it from bitter water to sweet water, I am the Lord who heals you. Amen. Praise God. Let's read this together. Kind of uneasy, quiet after the storm. We're still passing through the fire. The rain, the chills, the dreary doom all at once. This is the aftermath of weather-beaten times when our heart cry was born. We failed at school and among our pairs. We suck at sports and never made team. We withered on stage, lost the golden moment. We squandered business fortune, made it bankrupt. Got a girl pregnant out of wedlock, brought home shame. We lost it all when there was nothing more to lose. A heart cry endured within us. So, let's say this was us. Let's say this David episode was our episode. Let's say this situations of Moses was our issue. Let's say the situation of Sarah was us. Because these things are no, these people are no more alive. Why are those things remaining in scripture? Why did God hand down the scripture? It means that those things will be our story as well. What happened to those people will also what? Happen to us. So these people have now become icons in the spirit. They become apps that we can click on. When we click, we can get their functionality into us. If Sarah was discouraged and past the age of childbearing, it means that there will be some people in the church of Christ who will get past the age of childbearing. If David had to go to the cave, it means that some believers, the situation in their life will almost look as if they are in the cave. If Moses and his people will meet bitter waters, it means that someone here will be leading an organization and the organization will come upon sore times. And they will be needing something to change the situation. They will be needing the grace of God to modify that which they are going through. They will be needing the power of God to touch the bad situation they are going through right now. So we have example in scripture that this is what will happen to us. Because if it happened to the patriarchs of old, it means that we without them will not be perfected. What happened to them was written for our examples. Because then it's going to happen to us too. Do you see now? But how did they end up, each of them? They prevailed. Say they prevailed. I can't hear that from you. Well, how did they end up? They overcame. They were conquerors. They, they, they didn't they didn't end defeated they ended up in victory and that is 
your story in the name of Jesus. Say, I overcame. Say, I have victory. Say, I conquer through the grace of God. For he is the Lord. Is there anything too hard for him? I can hear you say, for he is the Lord. Is there anything too hard for him? Nothing at all, I answer you. Nothing. Nothing. Hallelujah. So I want us to, in the middle of crisis is the best time to begin to build. In the middle of crisis is the best time to begin to build. And I'll show you from scripture. Let's turn our Bibles to Jeremiah 32. We're going to read the entire chapter. So please uh, hunker down on this chapter. Someone should read verse 1 to 4. Just read it out now. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the 10th year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, which was the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar. For then the king of Babylon's army besieged Jerusalem, and Jeremiah the prophet was shut up in the court of the prison, which was in the king of Judah's house. For Zedekiah, king of Judah, had shut him up, saying, Why do you prophesy and say, Thus says the Lord? Behold, I will give this city into the hand of the king of Babylon, and he shall take it. And Zedekiah, king of Judah, shall not escape from the hand of the Chaldeans, but shall surely be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon, and shall speak with him face to face, and see him eye to eye. Okay, so what happened here was prison. Jeremiah was now taken into prison because he prophesied against Zedekiah. And what was the prophecy? Zedekiah, you will not make it as a king. Babylon will come, arrest you, and you see them eye to eye, and they will take you away. No king likes that. Right. And this was a prophecy, the same that was the name of the guy we spoke about last week. Hezekiah was the king at that time when Isaiah prophesied. Now, this guy is the king. What's his name? Zedekiah is now the king when Jeremiah is the prophet. So can you see the prophecies going back to back? So the same prophecy we read about two weeks ago is the same prophecy that is happening now. At this time, this is the son of Hezekiah now. This is the king who is after Hezekiah. That God said it will happen in his children's day and he said no problem. Do you remember? So now this is actually happening now. Jeremiah came prophesied it and said okay you're going to get carried away into babylon and then what happens next is that they lock jeremiah up so jeremiah begins what i call prison chronicles say prison chronicles (laughs) So, so, so this whole scripture we're reading today happened in the prison okay so who are 6 to 11 and Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Behold, Hanamel, the son of Shalom, your uncle, will come to you, saying, Buy my field, which is in Anathoth, for the right of redemption is yours to buy it. Then Hananel, my uncle's son, came to me in the court of the prison, according to the word of the Lord, and said to me, Please buy my field that is in Anathoth, which is in the country of Benjamin, for the right of inheritance is yours and the redemption yours. Buy it for yourself. Then I knew that this was the word of the Lord. So I bought the field from Hananel, the son of my uncle, who was in Anathoth, and weighed out to him the money, 17 shekels of silver. And I signed the deed and sealed it, took witnesses and weighed the money on the scales. So I took the purchase deed, both that which was sealed according to the law and custom, and that which was open. 
Okay, so here's the story. Jeremiah now in prison got a word from God. The word he got in prison was not that the Lord is bringing you out this year. This year, this year, mighty miracle is coming. That's not the word he got. Guess the word he got. <laughs> Guess the word he got. Go and buy land. That's crazy, right? Go and buy land. Somebody's going to come to you and bring you an opportunity. And this opportunity will not be about handouts. It will be something you earned. It will be something you what? Earned. It's due to you. It's your inheritance. It's coming to you. And when someone comes, just know that this is the word of the Lord to you. It's time for you to own land when you are in prison. This is such an oxymoron. But there's a lot packed in here in this scripture. I want you to pay attention to this. So, he was doing real estate. And as far back as that time, he bought land. And he signed a contract. And he signed the title deeds of the land. Some of you are still buying land today and not signing the contract. You're still starting business today and not doing contracts. Do you understand? When you get an opportunity, look for a lawyer and do it properly. Pay a lawyer, do it properly. Buy land. Even in prison in the time of Jeremiah, 7,000 years ago, he paid for the land and did the title deed and signed the contract. So musicians, you guys should go around. People will tell you, okay, come and sing. You don't used to agree what you're going to do. So they don't tell you how far they want you to do. You also don't ask how much they're going to pay you. After a while, you get into this situation where you have gone far. And they're asking you, they, you say, where's the bus stop? They say, hey, when you go forward, go left. They keep on going on this race. And after a while, you become disappointed and bitter. Sign the contract. What did I say? Sign the contract. Right. So, this in prison at the time when there was contentment all around was when God asked him to sign the contract. But when he signed the contract, that activated hope inside of him. He knew that prison was not his name. He knew that something else was calling him. Sometimes what we do in our lockdown state is the power that boom, takes us out of that place where we're locked down. Was Jeremiah out of the will of God for being in prison? Had he offended God? He actually had done the right thing but he ended up in prison. So when you end up in a bad place because you've done the right thing, don't be upset. Release God. Because normally at that time, our offense is no more against man. Our offense is now with God. Okay, let's move quickly. 16 to 19. 
verse 16 now when i had delivered the purchase deeds to baruch the son of neriah i prayed to the lord saying lord god behold you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm there is nothing too hard for you you show loving kindness to thousands and repay the iniquities of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them the great the mighty god whose name is the lord of hosts you are great in counsel and mighty in works for your eyes are open to all the ways of the sons of men to give everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings so what was he doing is that intercession do you see that prayer there Ms. Rapp wrote a song there. Say, O Lord God of Israel, and throne between the cherubims, you alone are God over heaven and earth, and we worship you. You're the author of life. You, my hope is complete. You reign supreme over everything. You alone are God over heaven and earth, and we worship you. You are the Lord. Is there anything too hard for you? Is there anything too difficult? Is there anything impossible? You are the Lord. Even though I sit in prison, is there anything impossible for you? Don't you see my situation? Don't you know where I am? Don't you know the chains that bind me? Don't you know the contentment I feel? You are the Lord. Is there anything too hard for you? How many of you have a prayer this morning? It's a good moment to pray. Just pray to God. Just pray to God. You're going through stuff. You're going through challenges. You don't like where you are. You don't like what's happening in your business. This is a time to bring your affairs to God. You don't like what's happening in your family. You have sickness in the family. You have someone who is broken. This is a time for you to seek revelation. Knowing that nothing is impossible with God. For with God nothing shall be impossible. We shall call upon the Lord and he will hear us. He will hear the groaning of the prisoner. He will hear the cry on the inside of us. He will hear the words of our spirit. He will hear that which pours out from us. We will know him. We will understand him. We will see his face. And his glory will be manifest over us. We declare the glory of God. We declare that nothing is impossible with God. We declare that even though we stand in the region of impossibility. Yes, the grace of God is being manifest. Even though we stand in a broken land. Yes, the hand of the Lord will be outstretched upon us. We declare that even though we don't see everything. We believe. We believe in you, Lord. We believe in your work. We believe in your work word over us and you're taking us to a good place and you know the plans you have for us plans of good and not of evil to give us a hope a future and an expected end we believe in you we believe in you i believe in you i believe you oh god hallelujah amen let's read verse 42 to 44 for thus says the lord yes. just as i have brought all this great disaster on these people mm. so i am going to bring on them all the good that i am promising them yeah. fields will be bought in 
this land of which you see, it is desolate, desolate. without man or animal. It is given into the hands of the Chaldeans. People will buy fields for money, sign deeds, seal them, and call in witnesses in the land of Benjamin, in the places around Jerusalem, in the cities of Judah, in the cities of the hill, country in the cities of the lowland, and in the cities of the south, the Negev. For I will restore their fortunes and release them from exile, says the Lord. Amen. I release them from exile. Did you see that scripture? It's so beautiful. So in this same land, do you see what God was doing to Jeremiah then? God was making Jeremiah to be the first to get a land in a place where it was going to be very difficult to get land. Do you see that? Jerusalem, that Benjamin country will become a beautiful country. People will be stomping over each other to buy land. People will be breaking through to buy land. So God gave the guy revelation ahead of time for him to see. God gave him insight into opportunities that were going to come. So he he bested the people. You know, he had the first mover advantage because he bought the land. And many years later, I think in 1947, when they were debating whether the Jews had any stake in Palestine, someone was to present the book of Jeremiah and read it and said that Jeremiah bought land in this place and paid for it. So in the United Nations, this was presented out of the Torah and it was historically proven that Jeremiah actually did buy land and the United Nations had to grant Israel a nation there because Jeremiah bought the land 7,000 years ago because at the time they were so wiped out from the land they were in Russia, in Germany they were in all the nations of the world they didn't have a nation they had to look up this scripture and present in the court of law saying look at the location look at the title deed look at what the man did he bought a land here. Do you know that God knows the future? God knows tomorrow. He knows nations are going to depend on what your actions today. Sometimes we look at ourselves and we feel like we're just an insignificant gnat in the middle of nothing. But guess what? God has the timelessness of eternity. God has something in your life. God has a journey with you. God believes in you. God is a God of faith who doesn't give up on you. Even when you give up on yourself, God believes that your life is significant. God doesn't call us Nigerians who are landlocked and, and stuck into this place. God calls us citizens of his earth. We are global. In God's mindset, there are actions you take that will be that will have global repercussion. Who knows? Destinations of nation may be hid in your tummy. Who knows whether there is a Sarah sitting here through whom many people will be blessed. Who knows whether there is a Moses sitting here who will lead the people of God. Who knows whether there is a David who is going to be a righteous king to rule in righteousness. How dare you be discouraged now when God has a plan for your life. How dare you be discouraged and thinking like this is the end of it the devil wants you to believe that this is the impossible but God says for with God nothing shall be impossible your little action your little obedience your little stepping forward your little buying the land your little going forward your little movement in God will amount to so much so move 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 says the spirit of God for I'm opening the gates around you. I'm opening the power of hell. I'm opening the power of hell to you that you will 
decimate hell. I'm opening the hand of God into your life. So through your work, I will destroy the kingdom of darkness. I'm releasing you as a vicious army. Don't just think about the pain. Don't just think about the, the brokenness. Don't just immerse in the terrible situation. Truly, many of the situations that happen in our lives are terrible. How can you have someone who is sick with a sickness with whom there is no cure? How can you have someone who carries pain in their body every single day? How can you have a cancer? How can you have HIV AIDS, a sentence of death in your body? Truly, the situations we go through seem impossible. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. Are there any believers here this morning? Say, with God, nothing shall be impossible. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Hallelujah. I need you to hope again in God. I need you to believe God again. I need you to know that no matter how long it tarries, God is on a holy enterprise in your life and is taking you somewhere significant. Amen. Amen. So Jeremiah was known as the weeping prophet. This is a photo of him drawn by Michelangelo. He was always crying, always in prison, but he saved the nation. He saved the nation. According to his word, that king, Zedekiah, was taken by the Babylonians. He did, we didn't read the whole chapter. They took him. I think it's Second Samuel chapter 25. They took him, this king, to Babylon. And they killed his sons in front of him. And then they gouged out his eyes. The last thing he saw was the death of his sons. This king who refused to obey the word of God. I wish he cried out to God and asked for mercy. You understand? But for Jeremiah, he connected the future. That's what it looks like. When Jeremiah gave that prophecy, there was still a year or two years. There was still time. Within that time, what do you think happened? The king was reigning. He was giving orders. He was ruling. He was a, he was a hit nigger in charge. in the fullness of time the word of the Lord came through Amen. Amen let's read this together we know that when each human in our world is fed educated has a job car owns a home can buy their groceries when slavery ends misogynist is chill and every injustice ceases when health and public services are excellent when everyone has a million in retirement accounts, mankind will still be hungry in desperate need of Christ. This heart cry will rise in temple. When everything has been done on earth, when men are good, when economies are great, when Surulere looks like New York, when everybody has a million dollars and nobody needs to beg for food, mankind will still be hungry and in desperate need of God. I gave you guys this example three weeks ago. I lived in Denmark for some time and in that time Denmark had the highest per capita income in the world. They were the richest country in the world and if you didn't work you got a thousand four hundred Danish crowns which is equivalent to two thousand dollars. People who didn't work got a thousand four hundred kroner every month 
some of them you see young guys just marry a wife move out of town to a hippie town called Christiana in Christiana when you're entering Christiana they say farewell from the European Union it's a country in itself it's a little village by the stream you can have hemp you can grow your hemp so the police are very happy because they say all the criminals are together in one place <laughs> at least they can control it at the end of this month, at the end of every month, you see this guy coming to the city center buying cartons and cartons of booze. And with their fat dogs. But I also saw the most depressed country in the world. It had the highest number of shrinks. People were falling on the streets with alcohol. People were broken. So they also have the, one of the highest level of promiscuity. I didn't even know that. So I said, I arrived in the country, I said, I want to watch Danish movie. I want to watch Danish film. That's what I said. So everyone was looking at me like, we thought you are a Christian. I said, yeah, but a film about Danish culture. Oh, they say, oh, Danish film means blue film. I didn't even know that. It's actually pornographic film that they call Danish film. So when you say, give me Danish film, it means, so the national identity movie industry is promiscuity in the richest country in the world. I tell you that when we've solved the problem of poverty, man will still be in desperate need of God. Next slide. Let's read this together. This is a psalm that God gave me about this message. So let's read it together. Let's read it and believe it. One, two, go. This heart cry is the groaning of the prisoner, the sigh of the pressed. The bed is not long enough to contain me. Time has come for me to know my God and call upon him. I embrace the mystery of the Christ in me. Christ is in me. I have the hope of glory. I declare freedom, power, healing, strength, authority, prosperity, and ministry. Shout it out. It is time. Let there be light. Nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Let there be light. It is time. It is time. Let there be light. It is time for hope. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. We see containment on every side. But with our God, nothing is impossible. We see challenges on the left and on the right. But with our God, nothing is impossible. We see a nation broken and on its knees. But with God, nothing is impossible. We see poverty and broken systems and men who can know their left from their right. But with God, nothing is impossible. We see sickness break us out. We see fallen men of God. But with God, nothing is impossible. We see the church challenge. We see the church living in iniquity. But with God, nothing is impossible. We do not live by the inhibitions we see. 
We do not live by the brokenness of this era. We do not live by the words of men. Even though like Jeremiah will be in prison, we declare you alone are God over heaven and earth. Is there anything too hard for you? For with God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. Hallelujah. But we have this treasure. Let's read this again together. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. See, shout it out. One, two, go. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the life of the Lord Jesus may be manifested in our body. For with God, nothing is impossible. Even though we live in the region of death. Even though we are surrounded by darkness. Even though we are perplexed. Even though we see. Even though we are crushed. Even though we are persecuted. Even though we are struck down. But it's not over. It's not over. We are not yet crushed. We are not in despair. We are not forsaken. We are not destroyed. We carry the pain of Christ. But we also carry the resurrection power. We also carry the burden of a new day. We also carry the transfer of the unction of the grace of God. And when hope is all gone, and when challenges surround us, and when we have no more strength to push on, and when we are all surrounded, yet the glory of God will begin to be born on the inside of us. If you believe that, say Amen. 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 Thanks for listening to this message from the Hills Church. Our mission is to love people, connect with family, and touch the world. Learn more on our website at www.ecclesiahills.org or email us at hello at ecclesiahills.org.